Hello and welcome to SpouseCast. This is a PACAF podcast for spouses. Uh, so we got a three-part series. We're going to be going over some key information for spouses that might be new to PACAF, uh, some important things for them to know that might help them uh, in their time here. And during this episode, you might hear some acronyms that you're unfamiliar with, so I'll briefly explain those for you now. JAG. That is the Judge Advocate General, the legal branch of the military. Just picture Tom Cruise and a few good men, and uh, there you go. That's JAG. Uh, we got OCONUS and CONUS. That just stands for OCONUS would stand for outside the continental U.S., and CONUS is continental U.S., so it's just a different way of saying overseas or stateside. Uh, we have readiness. That's being primed, prepared, and available for full-spectrum combat at a moment's notice. And finally, First Sergeant. That is the person responsible for the morale, welfare, and conduct of all the enlisted members in a squadron. And for our first episode today, we're going to be talking about key spouses. And I'm here with Kelly Kostrubala. Did yeah, I say that right? That's correct. And she is a key spouse mentor. Yes, I am. And uh, so my first question is just, can you go a little bit in detail about what the key spouse program is? Okay, fantastic. Well, the Key Spouse Program really just provides resources for spouses and for airmen and their families in general within the squadron. That's our primary goal is to make sure that everything that typically like an AFRC here, you know, that we have at um, Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, we have the Military Family Support Center like our AFRC. They offer a ton of resources for our spouses. Um, Sometimes we have spouses that need JAG help or um, who have, you know, domestic issues at home that they need to be able to be put in touch with our first sergeant. Um, so there's a lot of people who need to be connected and they don't know how to necessarily find the resources that the Air Force offers us. So to do that, key spouses try to stay up on that knowledge and know who to contact so that we can get our spouses in contact with those people. So that's our primary goal. Second, nobody wants to come to us for resources if they don't know us. So we spend, as particularly in our squadron, we've kind of made a mission under our, the commander's directive to um, build connectiveness between the families within the squadron and the spouses. So that way, when they need somebody, they know who to turn to and they feel comfortable talking to that person. I mean, many spouses have gotten a phone call and they look at that number on their cell phone. They're like, uh, don't know that person, ignore. And really that person could be a key spouse calling to offer them help. Um, but if they don't know them, they don't know the number, they're less likely to pick up the phone. So why, why do you think the uh, the key spouse program matters? Like, Because I know there's probably a lot of spouses that come in, they're like, oh, I don't want anything to do with it. You know, maybe they don't really know what it is or they're like, oh, what's the importance of that? So what, what would you say to those people? Like, how does it affect airmen and why does it matter? Well, you know, the official Air Force answer is that <laughs> <laughs> it's going to help readiness. And right. the way that it helps readiness is, I know for my husband, if he comes home and he doesn't have a supportive environment, then he feels kind of defeated and then he's going to carry that back into work in some capacity. And so I don't want that for him. So I need to be able to be at my best. My kids need to be at their best so that we can be a supportive family uh, for just the entire Air Force lifestyle. So therefore, key spouses provide that to be able to provide support for families that need it. You know, here we're in an Oconus location, very far from families for a lot of the families in our squadron. And and um, a lot of people coming in don't have friends or a built-in network. So the first thing that we try to do is you know, show up at the newcomer's briefing to say, if you need people, we'll be your first friends. You know, I always tell the new um, 
airmen who are coming in, I say, okay, if you have a spouse or significant other and they're looking for friends, I would hate to see on a Facebook forum them asking for friends just out within the community before first looking in the squadron. I said, now they may not like any of us, but <laughs> <laughs> and then feel free, go look right, someplace yeah, else. But give us a chance. But you know, we have between three and four hundred people in our squadron, so that's a lot of spouses that we have. Right. You know, so there's gotta be somebody that you might connect with. And the best thing we see in, in the squadron is when one of the people in our squadron posts on Facebook and I see them on a pontoon boat at the sandbar and there's 10 or 15 spouses from the squadron all together at a not squadron function. And that's exactly what the program's partially there for is to connect people to help them find their community. And if we can be that community, awesome. And you don't have to be a key spouse to do that. But the more people you know, the more you can say, hey, I know um, if it's a female spouse, you know, I know another mom who has, you know, three little girls about your little girl's age. You guys might want to get together for a play date. Let me give you her contact information and hook them up. You know, many spouses have questions about schools for kids. A lot goes back to kids when you're in that, you know, primary age of having lots of children. And and we've also had spouses as young as 17 coming in, you know, fresh out of, you know, coming out of high school and they need people, you know, they need to find other, they don't want a 38 year old coming in and be like, Hey, let's go out to get coffee. And they're like, uh, yeah, no, right. <laughs> you know, they were, they're looking who else is, you know, between 17 and 21 that I can go hang out with and um, connect with. And that's in my right age group. And so trying to find those people to connect together is really important. So uh, do you have any like a uh, personal, uh, situations that like you you have found yourself in where the key spouse has helped you like the program has helped you personally or like situations that you've helped other people in through the program well coming into this program my husband's currently the commander in the squadron so i was kind of thrown in to this key spouse program where in the past i got the opportunity just to volunteer but for me i find that as we're going to be pcsing soon and moving out of this role that i have been so lucky to get to be thrown in right away because it gave me like a built-in network of people which is already there, but sometimes it's more intimidating when you have to go look for it. And so for for me personally, I found it from the key spouses that were already in the squadron. We showed up and they were just like, hey, you know, this is what we've got going on and we've got this social coming up and we'd love for you to come to it. So for me, it was just like, throw me right in and I was ready to accept all of it. Now, other spouses aren't like that. You know, they come in, they hear about everything that's going on, but they're like, give me my space. I need a month or two. You know. breathe a little. Exactly. <laughs> but what we have found is that showing up again for our newcomers, sometimes we go and knock on their hotel room door because many people don't have houses for a couple of months when they get here. Um, showing up at their hotel room door and saying, hey, we know you may only have one car right now, but you can hop in my car. And if you want to go to the social with me, I'd be happy to take you. But here, I'm a face to a name. Um, so, you know, if you see my name show up and I'm offering it on a Facebook page or a Facebook group, I'm not just some random person. Now I'm like a real person right. that can connect with you and that has helped some of our spouses kind of get connected right from the get-go which I feel like it's really important you know the longer you are in and you feel like nobody's reached out to you the more resistant you are to get connected within that squadron so the earlier we can do that outreach and make a connection is better and how do you think it helps with like just overall like well-being happiness like helping curb depression because I know like a lot of the, the PACAF basically can be really isolated. Right. So like here, we're in an island. Uh, I was stationed at Kadena, another island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of the Japan bases, you know, can be really isolated. And like a lot of times you move there uh, and, and the spouses, they just don't, they don't feel like they have that connection. You know, they just kind of feel super distant. And then like you were saying, like they, they can start to close themselves off. So do you think the, the key spouse program really helps curb that? 
Yes, definitely. Our squadron is not part of the main wing here, so all of the squadrons within our wing are at different bases throughout uh, the Pacific. So we have that exact problem. We don't even have a wing to connect with or a group to connect with to be able to have more squadrons around us. So every, not only the spouses, but all the military members who are working and civilians that are working with us, they're all isolated too in that aspect, that they don't have other people outside of that to connect specifically with. So we've really tried to create our ohana, as we call it here in Hawaii, our family. And so even through our Facebook group that we've really worked to build um, to be an interactive social media network for all of our squadron, not just our spouses, um, so that everybody feels they have an option of a way to connect. Because as you said, with depression that right. can come in any of these situations, you know, a lot of times, I'm sure not always, but a lot of times in research shows that people who are not connected with other people are more likely to fall into situations where they feel more depressed or have thoughts of harming themselves or others. Social and animals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We need it. We need it. And so our what we've found is that particularly with our younger spouses, um, you know, I don't think that I'm that old, but when you get, <laughs> but when you're th- you know, under 25. Yeah, priorities are different. Right? And yeah, you just, your outlook is different. And it's harder because they've grown up in more of a social media world. Right. It's been a little bit harder to get out the door sometimes. And I think social anxiety has kind of built up some. So that's why we focused on building a social media presence that's very strong. Um, doing things like Facebook Lives and uh, video watch parties and um, interactive polls and questions, posting pictures and just anything that we can do that's media related to make people feel like they can start to get connected and feel comfortable with people in the squadron before they actually meet them in real life. I go live every Monday for a Monday minute to tell everybody in the squadron what's going on that week. And I've had numerous people that I'll meet in the supermarket or um, GameStop buying a PlayStation or, you know, wherever that have said, hey, I know you. And I'm like, I don't know you. And they're like, I've seen you on Facebook. And I'm like, yes, probably, you know, with no makeup and a baseball cap <laughs> on. I look fantastic. But, you know, that's okay. They know who I am now. And we struck up a conversation. And now I have a new connection within the squadron right. to meet people. So sometimes finding that connectiveness that keeps people from the you know from falling into depression, we have to go about it different ways than we might think are traditional. Well, the digital way is a great way. I know I play a lot of uh, online video games, and some of these people I literally never met in real life, but right. I feel so close to them just by the, that digital medium. And so you can even a, draw out from that. I know right. my husband, I'm sure he loves me sharing these stories. <laughs> uh, he uh, met friends through a digital video game, and they ended up. Was it me- Call of Duty? Uh, no, it was oh. not that one. <laughs> Uh, but they ended up meeting up and going on a camping float yeah. trip, and now and we ended up going to some of the guys' weddings and all the stuff that. How would we have met these people except for you know through a social media interactive connectedness world? So I think they, that we have to make sure our key spouse program is continuing to evolve to meet the needs of our spouses and the families. And I keep seeing families because we have so many single airmen who have children. Um, or who have significant others that are not necessarily a spouse that they live with or they're really strongly connected with in some way. And so for our squadron, we really try to make sure that we say, you know, if you're single and you brought all your kids along, we want you showing up at things with your kids just because you're not the spouse in the situation. You're the military member. You should be there too, you know, when your schedule allows. Um, So just always trying to make sure that the whole family unit in whatever capacity that is is connected. And how, if, if someone wanted to be a key spouse, what is the, is there a process for becoming one? 
Yes, typically the commander and the first sergeant do some type of interview process to determine if it's a good fit for the squadron, um, just for the unit specifically. Um, I know in our squadron, we are constantly having to um, rotate through because PCS has happened and right. we lose people. So right now, we've had a great group of six um, women who have been key spouses, and we've got three that are PCSing, and so we're going to need to bring some new people on. So um, a lot of times it has to be word of mouth because it's a responsibility. It's a volunteer responsibility, and it has some different roles and time commitments associated with it. So, um, you know, word of mouth says, hey, I'm doing this. This is what, you know, I've been committed to so far. I think you would be a good fit for it. But, you know, we also try to advertise to let people know, you know, we're looking for people right now. I know in our squadron, we've had the mentality um, under the commander that, Anybody who's interested in volunteering, we're going to plug you in somewhere, uh, whether it be in an official key spouse role or in another spouse support role. Right. We want you. Trying to find you know. the best fit for Exactly. Each, yeah. um, so sometimes key spouse is not the necessarily the best role um, based on time commitments, but it just depends on the you know the individual and where they can you know fit. And the squadron um, commander and the first sergeant are great resources to be able to find that fit. And what's uh, what's been your favorite part about being? Uh, key spouse. Oh, the friendships. I mean, just hands down and just being able to connect with the entire squadron. Just we've really tried as our key spouse program to show up for everything that we can, you know, hail and farewells, promotion ceremonies, picnics, um, Christmas parties, anything that we can be a part of just to meet people, do squadron immersion tours just to go around and see what the people are actually doing in our squadron. There's a lot of amazing work that I had no idea even existed you know my husband comes on what do you do all day I don't want to talk about it (laughs) and I'm like sometimes they can't you know you guys are all classified (laughs) but but there are certain bits that we can know a little bit about and just getting to to know our squadron as a whole and um, see the amazing work that everybody's doing and build relationships with people to be able to support them and show up for promotions and actually know that person and be like yes that's so awesome we're so proud of you Um, and you you know, to actually be sad when people leave because you know them well enough to be sad. Right, and it's a genuine sadness. Yes. It's not just the, oh, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sad because I'm, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, you're leaving paradise, so sad for you, right. you know? It's like, no, like, I'm really sad for you because I loved getting to know you. It was a fantastic relationship. So. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us uh, about the Key Spouse Program. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, I just totally love Key Spouse Program. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it exciting being on the first podcast? Oh, my Spouse goodness. Spouse cast episode? Yes, yeah. a little nerve-wracking, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much uh, for everyone that tuned in. Uh, stay tuned. We got two more episodes in our Spouse Cast series. Uh, I'm Staff Sergeant Scott Fremming. Uh, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.